vicious, but brilliant. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Run of the United podcast. This week will probably be a much happier place than it was when we recorded on for Monday's episode. Um, we've got the 1-1 draw against Lincoln after a really good performance. And then going ahead to Bolton, which was looking like the biggest away attendance of the season. So it should be a really good day at Bolton, fingers crossed. Um, we have Mick with us as always. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, Danny ogden is with us as well. Hello. Um, we have a debutant today. We have Will Daniels from the Tavoli View. Thank you for joining us, Will. Thank you very much, gents. Uh, looking forward to, to being here and talking football. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. I was talking about Rotherham for an hour. It's, uh, there's not much better, is there? To be honest, I love it. <laughs> well, you said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, come on. Listen, mate. You tee them up. I'll just knock them in. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so... 1-1 draw against Lincoln City on Tuesday night. Michael Smith with his 41st Millers goal in his 150th league appearance for the Millers. Um, and then cancelled out by an equaliser uh, by Lincoln City, obviously. That's who we played. Um, just a general view first, Mick. The performance was... <laughs> take away the goals in the game, the performance was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we, we talked about the performance of the, uh, in the Donny game. Um and I kind of said, yeah, it was an excellent performance, and but Donny weren't that bad. Well, the performance was just about on a par with that for me. Um, and, and the only difference is that Lincoln weren't quite as uh, willing to, to give up so many goals. I think performance-wise, I think we matched it. Um, those two, Doncaster away and Lincoln away, are probably two of the best performances I've seen from Rotherham United in a long time now. Uh, overall, when you look at the game as a as a... You know, look at the game overall. So, yeah, excellent for me. Yeah, I thought so. Um, a couple of changes in there. We'll, we'll let's talk about Dan Barley to start with. Um, we talked about a Monday and Fleetwood game was crying out for Dan Barley and he played on Tuesday and it was just super. Everything good went through him. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely spot on. The, the, the shape of the midfield three changed slightly. So we had... Uh, Rathbone that was playing a little bit further forward out of the three uh, and really starting that press. Um, and then Jamie Lindsay and um, and uh, Barlaser are a little bit more deep um, and that allowed Barlaser to get on the ball um, and, of course, dictate the game a little bit more. Made a, a couple of notes on, on Barlaser. 62 touches in the game, uh, 78% uh, long pass accuracy, 75% pass accuracy, sorry. Um, and what I love about Barlasser is he loves to play forward. There isn't any of the sidewards uh, rubbish that we're, we're sometimes akin to seeing. Um, really strong performance from Barlasser. And I think what we've come to expect um, from him uh, for a while, has haven't always seen it, uh, but back to his best on Tuesday for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's just key, Danny. It, that, that was like what it was two years ago in League One in Flash in Championship, but... If that's the ballers that we have from now to the end of the season, we are going to be in with shout because he is that good a player at this level. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> his distribution is incredible. I mean, some of the some of the balls he can knock about, pardon the innuendo, um, is is just incredible. Like he, he can spay a pass out wide or up front in the behind the defence with effectively no effort at all. And uh, to, at the start of the season, like in the first couple of games, we didn't really see that, but he seems to have found his feet a little bit. Um, and I think now he just needs to run in the sides to improve even more. And yeah, he'll be properly deadly from midfield. Hmm. Yeah. It could be key. Well, he's going to be key, assuming it stays fit. Um, moving on to Rathbone, Mick. Uh, before we talk about his performance, let's talk about another incident involving Rathbone. Um, I want to read you a comment from Michael Appleton from Paul Davis's match report that Rotherham were better than us tonight, probably due to the physicality of their players. Um, now, <laughs> I don't, oh, I, I don't, I don't get the comment for a start. We're big. We're big players. We're tall. That's it. Yeah, and Rathbone's was... enormous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, the physicality of the player who took out Rathbone was not far off a disgrace. It was a shocking tackle, and the referee completely bottled not sending that guy off. Well, I mean, there's a couple of points there. A couple of points to talk about with that. Yeah, I mean, that was sending off all day long, every day. Um, you know, and I don't know whether after that Leeds game the rules change now, and you've got to put somebody in hospital before you get a red card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. But that, yeah, it was a red card. And to be fair, you know, if you want to talk about physical, you know, what about the WWE move on on uh, Chiwok Benny before they scored? I mean, unbelievable challenge. That's a challenge. It wasn't a challenge, was it? It was literally a shoulder badge to the face. It was just unbelievable. Uh, and the referee sees that as well and doesn't give it. So, you know, we know what to expect from the referees in this division. But for, I thought Michael Atherton was a, a, a decent bloke and a decent manager. But coming out with comments like that, it's almost as if he's not done any research and just, you know, just thought about what, whatever Lee Hendry says, it must be right kind of thing. You know, the big physical direct side. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm not wearing that. I'm not wearing that. I, thought, I think both sides were as physical as each other. I think it were really, really good. Uh, a good battle between two strong sides, but not overly physical mm. for me, anyway. Well, we weren't. No, we were. We certainly weren't. No. Yeah. Um, have you got anything, Will, that you can put yourself in the referee's mind and sort of think why he didn't give it as a red card? Because as soon as I saw it, that's it looked dangerous. This is my first first instinct. Um, so a couple of things that I'd, I'd probably like to mention. Um, when I first saw it, um, I. I thought it was um, I thought it was a yellow. If I'm honest, mm. then I saw uh, the full speed version back, and obviously you can see it's, it's pr pretty blatant red. What I would say is when uh, the account has gone out and slowed the video down, it mm. makes it even more obvious. If that makes sense, um, so you can't really. I don't. For me, I don't judge the slow mo uh, videos yeah. because it makes everything look a lot worse than it actually is. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious he, he got the decision very, very wrong. Um, mm. and, and if I'm honest, you know, speaking on Montsma, he, he's a player that I thought had a, a pretty decent game uh, throughout. And he's he's a better player than making challenges like that, uh, as he proved in, in the rest of the, the 95, 96 minutes that we played. I think the other issue with that as well is that, that at that point, Rathbone, was he was last man, that defender. 
Yeah, you know, get yeah. past gets gets past him, and he's he's throwing goals. So he's, he's made no attempt to play the ball. So there's 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 two two suggestions there that it should be a red. Not only the challenge itself, uh, the, you know, the, the the physicality of that challenge or the danger that that posed to Rathbone, but also the fact that he fouled him and and he got past him, he was he was thrown goal. Mm. You know, so so potentially there's two arguments for a red card there. And I think just on the, the referee as well, um, I was speaking to a couple of Lincoln fans uh, after the game and they were saying, you know, they felt like they got a lot of a lot of decisions in that last 45 minutes. Um, mm. And I thought it was, I, I'm not a big fan of calling out referees, you know, especially on, on stuff like this. Um, but I did think he had a substandard game. As a stat, we actually are the team at the moment that, uh, has received the least fouls given to us. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit frustrating now hearing the narrative of we're a big physical side because we're, we're currently a big phys- physical side at the moment that, that don't get the fouls, that don't get the rub of the green. Hmm. Yeah, if, if, it feels like that's always the case. It may, it's obviously not the case, but it always feels like we're on the receiving end. We're obviously not. Um yeah, Will's right, Danny, for me. I thought the first 45 minutes, the referee were fine. There were no, there were no major incidents. It was it was fine. But in the second half, it did take a nosedive. There's two key incidents in the game, and it's got two key incidents, both wrong. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> to put it politely, he got a fair bit of stick from our fans with every decision. <laughs> um, but I've just got the, um, the Rathbone tackle up in front of me. Uh, luckily... Um, Mr. Jay Brailsford's got it on on picture mm. at the exact moment, and you just look at the picture and it's like, how's he still on the pitch? You know, if he, if his leg was standing, he'd have snapped his ankle cleaning off. That's yeah. how how badly he's connected with it. But I think the the reason why the referee only gave a yellow is because Rathbone just stood straight up and got on with it, and that's probably where the the big physical team mantle comes from because we don't dive about on the floor like Neymar does. We just get up and get on with it. You know, it's like would his head, would his left ear could be hanging off and he'd still get up and try and head a ball, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um but yeah, the ref, the referee got a lot wrong, especially with, with their goalkeeper towards the end. I noticed that was another one. I think Griggs like I don't know, like flicked his elbow or something and the keeper's on the floor and the referee's bought it and given the foul against the keeper and yeah. I think it happened one uh, another couple of times as well. Um but we got very little from that referee, like with Chio's foul that led to their goal, as he's tried to run past him, the player's elbows come straight up, put Chio on the floor, and then they've gone and scored. Mm-hmm. But, but like you say, first half, I thought it were quite even, you were quite unbiased. Mm-hmm. But second half, it's as if he's gone, all oh, the big physical teams scored will swing Lincoln's way a little bit. Yeah. It, not not to be critical not to be critical of referees. I mean, I know someone who is a referee, and I sent him that picture and said, "What do you think?" And he went. If that's how he's connected at full speed, it's a miracle he's not broke his leg. So, so, so my mate says it's a red card. But anyway, um, we move on. <laughs> I'm not con- convinced he actually connected with him. I'm not convinced he connected with him to any degree uh, because had he connected with him to any degree, he would have broke his leg. I think he stripped him, but I think I think that that angle from the photo is probably a little bit deceiving. Um, and I don't think there's a, a full contact on, on Rathbone's leg by the defender. I think he still tripped him, nevertheless. But had he, had he made full contact, then he, there is no question he wouldn't be playing this weekend or for the next few weeks either. So, so it's still a foul. 
But when it happened, the referee took his time. And sometimes that's a good thing, but he seemed to take his time, to push the player away, come and check Rathbone's all right, and then made his decision. Yeah. I, it's all hypothetical, but it'd be very interesting. If Rathbone was actually injured, how would his decision have changed? It seemed like he was waiting to see how Rathbone was before making a decision. Which is obviously well, shouldn't do. And Rathbone but, was actually showing him his ankle as well. And yeah. Because it was show, yeah. because that's why I have to disagree with you, Mick. He wouldn't show him his ankle if mm. there wasn't some sort of contact. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying there wasn't any contact. What I'm saying no. is there wasn't full contact. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I suspect he's caught him with his studs or whatever. But I mean, this, this, and I, I alluded to this earlier on back about the, about the Leeds Liverpool game. The, uh, is it Liverpool? The Harvey. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. We, we've got a situation there, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's no foul given initially in that. Mm. And then the red card is given because of the severity of the injury. That's what the Premier League have said. So that's a change of rules, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Is that a change of rules that we've not been made aware of because the referee has done the same thing here? He's going to check on the player first before he's made a decision as to what he's going to do. Well... Mm. At what point in, in football did that ever become a rule? We'll, we'll, we'll see how, how badly injured he is before I make a decision as to what sanction I'm going to take. You know, and yeah. and, I, and I've referred to it back on Twitter, and I'll refer to it again. You know, Victor Johansson's injury last week, last year. Are we going to go back and give a red card for that? You are going to need to get over that, uh, mate. <laughs> I, I, it's a valid question. It's a valid question based on what we're seeing. Yeah. What we're talking about there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you're probably, probably right. Give <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Let's talk about the goal we conceded. Um, the, obviously, we've t- we all agree it was a foul in the build-up. But you can't really disagree with that. Warnie Warn- said as much in his interview uh, pre-match for the game. Um, but after the foul, Will, there was some defensive issues. <laughs> um, you had Icky diving in. So, for me, I don't have a problem with Icky diving in. He did the woody roll of the centre-man attacking the ball. He's missed it. He shouldn't have missed it, but I can sort of accept that because that's his role to be a bit more aggressive. The second diving in from Reg is what's really caused the problem because Matic's stuck on the left-hand side because he's got his own man and then Reg has come in and left all that space. It's just all around panicky, really. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. I think, for me, um, Icky stepped in and should have won the ball um, and that's as simple as it is and um, you know he's an experienced defender he knows uh, what he should be doing in that situation I also felt if I'm honest that Matic could have shifted back over a little bit Mm. um, and that would have possibly stopped the ball through Uh, and I thought Matic was possibly um, what's the word Uh, ball watching um, rather Mm. than you know and again, a man of his, his experience, I wouldn't expect that. So we've got to learn from that. And that took off the gloss of, to be honest, what was a really strong defensive performance against the Lincoln side that will cause and has caused teams a lot of problems this season. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, I thought defensively they were very good. Anybody that's watched our scouting report and, and knows anything about Lincoln, I know Scali has been in, went on fire this season. And he didn't really have a look in Danny. The defensive three were solid as a rock. We, like Will says, we didn't give him anything really. I mean, they had five minute spells here and there, but as a whole, Lincoln had nothing really. No, I mean, <clears throat> other than the mistake that led to the goal, I think the back three were very good. Like Red Regis come in and 
and really cemented himself into the sides. Like even though Woody was out because of his uh, slight calf issue, Red just come in and, and filled it really well. Even even with Icky moving into that centre role, Red just filled that right hand side centre back role very well. Um, and even with with their goal, yeah, it's a defensive mistake, but still, it's a very smart finish from. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Um, the one who's on loan from Man City. Um, yeah, that's it, Florini. Um, it was a very smart finish to just stick it under Johansson. I mean, if <laughs> if it were his keeper, he'd have saved it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the back three, I mean, Matic's come out and said today that this is actually his more natural position that he prefers. Mm. Um, and he's been angry after this. That. Yeah, and apparently he's been asking for it for a few years, which is interesting because yeah. I always had him pegged as just a left back out and out, but apparently he's a yeah. left sided centre back. But you know, if he thinks he can do a job there and he's willing to get stuck in there, then fair enough. We found a, a suitable uh, player on the left hand side, and you could put Harding back onto the right hand side now. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point to think about. Uh, Hardy was out due to self-isolation, but should be back in contention for Saturday um, and potentially play. Um, but away from the football pitch for the minute, Mick, is one of the big positives of choosing that. It wasn't the big positive. Angus McDonald is back involved. He wasn't on the pitch. He wasn't on the subs bench, but he was back at back, back at a match. He was on the co-coms for the iFollow. Um, if we can get him back in that team, in that back three again like it was last season, he. He is probably a championship player, Angus McDonald, to be fair. He is, but uh, at this stage, you're going to have to find somebody to drop first. You know, you've got Woody, Icky and Wes in there, and I, I don't want to be the one that tells one of them that they're not playing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, and, uh, Joe Matic and, and Rich stepped in on, on Tuesday night and did an did admirable, admirable job. Um, and, and I agree with Joe Matic. I think that's a good position for him, particularly he's coming towards the back end of his career um, because he reads the game incredibly well anyway. Um, you know, he's, he's shown that and he's got a vast amount of experience. So as a, as a backup, left side, centre half, yeah, I think I think that's great. But that's all he would ever be, bearing in mind that the quality that we've got or our sort of specialists in that position. But yeah, it's great to see Angus McDonald back and hopefully... Hopefully we'll see him back in a red and white shirt um, or, or certainly fighting to get back into a red and white shirt anyway. Um, yeah, it's good news. Really good news. Matt, we can't, Matt, we can't hear you, Chuck Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't hear you. I went on mute to cough and I didn't unmute myself. Apologies. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Smith, 41st goal for the club, fifth of the season. Um, is just a beast, Will. Uh, there's not much more to say. He's just, he's took himself to another level again. He's just, he's the Paul Walls, Paul Wall, Paul Warren sign, isn't he? Like he came in, in, in obscurity from, uh, from Bury. Um, He's just become this absolute giant. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, of course, but I don't think there's a better target man in the EFL. Um, and that is the reason that there was so much interest, allegedly, uh, in the summer for his services. We're lucky to have a player like Michael Smith at this club. And uh, when he does eventually leave the club, because he's, he's not going to die in a Rotherham United shirt, unfortunately, Um 
you know, we're going to have a massive job in replacing him. Um, but for the moment, step back, appreciate it because this this kid is everything that I want to see in a Rotherham United shirt and and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, echo that completely. Echo that. I put it perfectly there. Um, let's move on to a strat. The 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 problem is Danny next to Smithy. <laughs> yeah, um, Freddie was. Okay, set up the goal. Let's give Freddie his dues. He set up the goal and he worked quite hard. It doesn't look like scoring at the minute and that's what we need him to do. Yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, he's not done badly, mm. but he's not been at his best at the same time. Uh, but like I say, he assisted the goal and he did score against Plymouth on opening day. But <clears throat> when you put him next to Michael Smith and how well he's done, I mean, Smith's bagged five in his last five. You know, and one of them were a brace against Doncaster. Um, but yeah, it's it's good that now we've got a lot of uh, a lot of depth up front. So it'd be interesting to see Will Grigg next to Smith and see how they perform together. Um, because when when Grigg came on later in the game, he did really well. Um, Smith did really well for the full ninety minutes. It were it were actually very unfortunate not to score more. Mm. Um. But but no, Vladipo uh, is probably going to miss Saturday because of a um, a slight issue in uh, with an injury. So that could bring Rig into it or whoever Warner decides to pick. Um, but yeah, so hopefully Freddie looks at how potentially well Smith and Grig do together and goes right. I need to step up a little bit now. Mm. And he's come off again. He's come off against Lincoln. Now he's out injured, bless him. So hopefully it's a, it's a little bit of encouragement that it's like, right, you need to get back in front of him now. Which sometimes needs that for him, doesn't he? You yeah. know, when he's been out of team, he, he comes back stronger. Um, so sometimes needs that kick up backside. Yeah, or he comes on as a sub and he's somehow exceptional and wins us the game. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, if they had a different keeper, Mick Smithy would have probably got a hat trick and Will Gugger got a couple and all. Josh, yeah. Josh, Josh Griffiths was. It was it was overall man of the match by three country miles. Yeah, it was. He, he had a good game. He had a good game, didn't he? Um, he did a, did an Al Adsi on us, didn't he? And uh, just pulled it out of the bag. But and, Be- and a Begovic. Uh, and a Begovic, yeah, rolling into one. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. I mean, Smithy should probably have, uh, have have had at least another one. He should have hit the target uh, when he when he when he came back inside and hit it with his left foot. And he, he sort of. Went over the top at bar rather than uh, yeah, yeah. that that side of the goal were gaping for him. But you know, it, you know what? This this injury could probably not. Hopefully, and I don't mean this. You'll, you'll I don't mean this badly, but hopefully, this, this injury probably couldn't have come from a worse time for Freddie, because potentially Michael Smith and Will Grigg playing together could be absolutely deadly. It could be a deadly partnership that you know, with the the ability and the skill and the experience that those two have got as 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 um, strikers, completely different strikers as well. I mean, that has the potential to be just devastating for this division. Um, and if it, and if if it even gets halfway towards its potential, Freddie's not going to get another game this season, barring injury. I'm well, I'm serious, you know, because because Will Grigg's ability to put the ball in the back of the net. Michael Smith's ability to put the ball in the back of the net is increasing all the time. We know about Will Griggs in the past, but Smithy, Smithy creates opportunities as well. Um, so, and, it's a, and I don't think while I've while he's been with us, 
he's had a player at the side of him, you know, a Will Grigg and Adam LaFondra type player, you know, that I don't mean that prolific, but that type of player. Freddie's not that kind of player, is he? Um, potentially, that could has the, has the potential to be devastating. I think just on uh, on Ladapo as well. Um, so from Tuesday night's game, Freddie Ladapo touched the ball sixteen times in seventy minutes. Will Grigg came on for twenty five and touched the ball thirteen times. <laughs> So you see the impact that, you know, Griggs having on the game uh, as opposed mm. to Freddie. Um, and I think some of the criticisms that we've had of Freddie before was he doesn't work hard enough and um, and all that sort of thing. I thought it was relatively tidy um, mm. on, mm. on Tuesday without putting too much, going too far wrong. Uh, but ultimately, we need strikers that are involved in the game. And I think what we saw when uh, Will Grigg came on um, and... You know, coincidentally, we we had about nine hundred and thirty-eight chances. <laughs> um, we looked unbelievably good going forward with um, you know Smudge winning winning everything in the air like he does, and and Griggy being in the box and and trying to pounce. And I think we're going to have so much joy. I think there's a couple of other things to mention. One of the things that concerns me a little bit is just about us taking chances, if I'm completely honest, because last season, for example, we were, if you if you looked at the XG table, uh, we should have finished mid-table in the championship and we underperformed last season and that trend's continued into this season. So at the moment, we are still missing a lot of chances. I am excited by the signing of Grig, if I'm honest. Uh, Grig is a player for me, I don't think I've seen a player of, of his reputation come through the door um, for a, a very, very long time since I've been supporting Rotherham United. Um, and he's certainly the missing piece. Um, you know, I know he's worked with Richie Barker before and, um, you know, he'll it, certainly help him get the best out of his finishing. There's a decent finisher in in, uh, in Richie Barker. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed, you know, we see the best out of Will Grigg and, and we power our way up the table. But, um, yeah, thought I'd make those couple of points there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah if Freddie is injured, which it pointing towards it, Griggs going to start anyway. He's got to start on Saturday. You, you would you would probably start Grig over Coyote at the minute. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's he's the natural goal scorer. And if I'm honest, the narrative around what happened at New at Newcastle that's that's definitely very very wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether Sunderland fans are going to be offended by that or, or quite happy with that subject. Um, and this week's person yeah. getting clipped is Will Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a great start, is it? Um, yeah, I mean, moving on deadline day, three million quid, which was more than it was worth at the time. Being an hour and a half away from family, um, you know, in an area that it didn't really want to be, with a massive, massive focus on what he were doing a massive club at Sunderland he doesn't have that pressure here at Rotherham I don't think there is pressure of course to score goals because he's a forward and, and that's that's what his job is but I really think that we've got a management team that can wrap their arms around him tell him how good he is um, and really bring the best out of him hmm. yeah completely agree I hope you're right we'll, we'll come on to Bolton in a minute we'll come to that we'll preview that in a minute there's two more players I want to mention uh, there's probably a couple more we could mention, but for the wing backs, Danny, um, Chio was 
she was chill, wasn't it, to be fair? It was just <laughs> amazing, typically fantastic. And the, all they could do to stop him was foul him. Yeah, I mean, on his day, Chia was just unplayable. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the uh, the EFL have recently released their League One top player on FIFA for everything. How is Chia not quickest? No idea. Like, he can run 100 metres quicker than I can eat of all the cereal, which, by the way, is really quickly. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to just to watch Chio play. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, he's a fan favourite, but he puts a shift in mm. and he can beat players easily. He's got a good cross on him. do not matter what other people say, I think he's got a good cross on him. And probably eight out of ten of our chances in the last 15 minutes were from the right-hand side and Chio crossing the ball. Um, he, he uh, set up Smith's chance that, right, fair enough, he squandered it. Um, and then he like, did the double assist on Will Griggs' chance where the keeper pulled off an amazing save. So our main threat is down that right-hand side. That's not to take away from the left-hand side, but unfortunately teams will start targeting Chio and say he's their main threat down the wing. We need to start fouling him. But then free kicks and set pieces and all sorts. But yeah, just just to watch Gio play is incredible because you just go, go on Gio, and he's done him. You know, send him yeah. for an hot dog, see you later. Um, and yeah, Gio should get at least five assists this season, bare minimum, from this play down the right-hand side. He might even chip in with a few goals, fingers crossed. But if he doesn't, it's doing him a disservice of how good he actually is on the right-hand side. Hmm. He's just one of the players you want to get on ball. As soon as we cheer gets the ball, you just get a little bit more excited. You just think something might happen. And that's what opposition think. And you could you could tell every, every time Chio picked up that ball, that left back were dreading it every single yeah. time. Um, yeah, the more I was here, Chio, the, the more I love him. Um, but left hand side, Mick Bowler made his league debut um, and was <coughs> solid, very, very solid. You can't, you can't, no complaints about his performance for me. No, I like him. I like the look of him. It's, it's definitely, definitely not the finished article by any stretch of imagination. Oh, yeah. But you know, United don't buy the finished article from Arsenal, do they? You know what I mean? Um, but he has the potential. Well, I don't know from anybody. Yeah, right. He's certainly got the potential. He's got the pace. He's strong. He's got. He's. He's. He's, he's good on the ball. Uh, he can put. A, he can put a decent cross in. And he's. And he's clearly defensively minded as well. Far more so than Chio is, obviously. Uh, so I think he's a good buy. I don't know whether he's ready for a full season yet, um, but certainly as as back up to the likes of uh, McDonald um, and, and Miller, you know, I think there's there's competition in that place. Say again, McDonald. Did I say McDonald? Ferguson. Yeah. I yes, keep getting them mixed up, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lucas McDonald left footed. I don't know. I'm old. I just, uh, you know, I don't even know my own name. I have to look at it on screen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like him. I like him a lot, and I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, one thing I would say about Chio very quickly is that I, I think he, he has got some work still to do on his on his crossing and on his uh, and on finding the net as well. I think he's not. He's, he's you know, if if he was. It needs to be more consistent with getting the ball in the box um, with some quality in it. But having said that, if he if he had that consistency, he probably wouldn't be with us anyway, would he? True. Very very true. Uh, any other points that anybody wants to make on the Lincoln game before we move ahead and look a, look ahead to Bolton? 
I think just on, on Bowler, um, I think it's a really good option and a good acquisition that we've made because the other left-sided wing-backs that we've got are very attacking-focused and where, you know, potentially you're going away from home and you might not have the ball as much as we've seen this season that we're a side that prefers to counter-attack rather than have the ball and dominate possession. I think Bowler is is really important to have in the side, especially if uh, Matic's going to be moving into that left centre-back spot, which is, you know, a really good move for us because... How difficult is it at the moment to go out and buy a left-footed centre-back? They're just like gold dust. Um, so, potentially a really good move for, for both parties there, I think. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, let's look ahead. I said Saturday afternoon against Bolton. There's looking to be the biggest away attendance of the season. Partly because of Bolton's fantastic ticket prices. I think we've got a special family there or something like that. £10, £10 an adult and kids are dirt cheap. So, anybody that's umming and ahhing, I think you should go. Um, so um, let's give you a few more pre-match stats that Mick always loves. Um, we have a pretty good record against Bolton. Well, this is going to contradict myself in two, two stats here. We've got a pretty good record against Bolton. We've won 18 out of 38 games, which is, a, which is a, against a team like Bolton who have been successful in the years is quite good. Um, we have not won in Bolton since 1982. Uh, never, I've never won at the Reebok or what is now the University of Bolton Stadium. We've never won there. I think, don't think we've picked up a point. I didn't check, actually. Um, but it's going to be tough. Like, like, forgetting the previous stats, Danny. Bolton are an exciting team this season. They've, they've scored lots of goals. They do concede a lot. But Saturday, it's looking like there's going to be goals. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that's the way we're going to beat them, just stop them scoring. If we stop mm. them scoring and we won and bag one or two, that's it. Um, but yeah, Bolton have been very good this season. I think the third at the minute. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so they are right up there this season. And like you said, they score a lot, but they concede a lot. So that could be <clears throat> a downfall for us or an undermining of them. Um, but I, I, like, I like that stat. We've done very well against Bolton, just not at their place. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it's like last time, they, granted, they were in a bit of a transition period and we smacked them 6-1, but we can't really comment too much on that because like I say it was a transition period um, but yeah it was the first time for everything you know <clears throat> first time for everything exactly. yeah we, we hadn't won at Pride Park until last season and we went and won at Pride Park I think it was the same at Riverside as well so these records are there to be broken um, we don't have a scouting report this week because we tried to get a few Bolton fans on for one thing or another we haven't been able to arrange it but Will has done a few uh, a bit of research for us is going to talk us through some what to look out for on Saturday? For sure, that's uh, that's a, a decent introduction, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so I mean, Bolton are, are not the the promoted side that everyone expected. I think I think a lot of people when when a team comes up uh, for the uh, for the into the, the the higher division, you expect them to be relegation fodder. This is not Bolton at all. They play in 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 a way that in League Two was was a little bit surprising, you know, playing out from the back. They are a side that love to pass the ball. Um, so uh, at the moment, they've made just over 3,000 passes in seven games, which is, I think, second um, in the league so far. Um, 
lots of summer additions. Um, I guess the key ones that we'll know about already are Kachunga, uh, who came from uh, from Wednesday, of course, known for um, what he did at Huddersfield. Um, didn't really uh, do particularly well at, at Wednesday, but has dropped down to uh, to Bolton, uh, and he's a bit of a bit plot, bit part player for them at the moment. Uh, signed Declan John uh, from uh, Swansea, who's a left back, um, who's pretty decent. I think the one that's stolen all the uh, all the headlines so far um, is Dapoafa Lion. Um, so four four goals, I think, uh, in the league and, and five in all competitions so far. He's a guy that they picked up from uh, West Ham's academy, and I know that he flew over to um, to uh, the US to try and find a contract over there um, before um, you know coming back to Bolton and and really just trying to find a place where he can play first team football. And he is absolutely ripping this league apart at the moment. Um, if we look at how direct, um, how direct. Uh, Chio is, for example, Chio's completed 22 dribbles um, this uh, this season so far, which is, I think, fourth in the league so far. To compare that, Affalion sits top at 40. So, given the fact that Chio is probably going to be playing right wing back uh, and Affalion's playing left wing, we're in for a battle of the wingers this uh, this, <laughs> uh, this weekend, gents. Um, expecting them to play a 4-2-3-1 um, Potentially 4-3-3 if they're chasing the game um, Lots of quality in that side You've got uh, you know Owen Doyle who's, who's known for his goal scoring um, Kieran Lee who's obviously known as, yeah. as the Miller killer from, from a while back I'll not, <laughs> I'll not speak too much about that um, But he's sort of uh, played two or three games so far And been a bit of a bit part player uh, but there's a, as you say, there's a lot to like about this Bolton side. Uh, score goals, 14 so far, but also have conceded 10. So, you know, if we can get at them on the counter, you know, I think it'll potentially really suit us. Um, and one thing is for sure, again, just like uh, Lincoln, it's going to be a really good advert for League One football. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Thank you for that. That's fantastic. I assume uh, your your match preview will be on to all of you on Friday. So if people want to go and have a look at your stuff on there, they will go find it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've that'll probably be going up um, sort of sometime between five and eight tomorrow. Uh, and I've managed to bag an opposition view, um, which I'll probably post Saturday morning um, just to get fever pitch going. I think. <laughs> fantastic. So get on over there and keep an eye on that stuff, Mick. I would say if you're watching on YouTube, we'll put a link in the description below for uh, yeah. for Will's articles as well. Of that, yes. Uh, a couple of uh, landmark games that were coming up on Saturday, if they come through. 50th league start for Jamie Lindsay, assuming it starts. Um, Michael Heckwe's next appearance will be his 300th in professional football, which wow. is a really, really good landmark to get to. 140 so far with us. And if Grig starts, it will be his 250th league career start. Uh, so there's a couple of potential landmark ones for those. That if we lose, they won't care about them, I suppose. Um, Danny, it's, we've mentioned it's going to be tough. Um, how, let's talk about Rotherham. How are we going to sell? How different is it going to be to Saturday? Woody might be back. We know Freddie probably won't be there. There's going to be some change, you'd thought. Yeah, and... Um... <clears throat> Uh, one mentioned on Radio Sheffield that it might be a little bit too early for Ferguson as well. 
mm. uh, with his injury because it's looking like it's a sort of injury that it doesn't flare up whilst you're playing, but when you're training it, it causes a, a bit of issues like <clears throat> when you're just running constantly. So it might be a bit of an issue to get Ferguson in the side, so it could be Boller on that left side again, or it could be Sadlier maybe filling in later in the game when uh, when Boller's blowing a little bit. Because he's—I don't think he's up to 100% match fitness yet. You could see him lagging on on Tuesday, couldn't yeah. you, towards the end? Yeah, but that's that's no fault of his own. It's because he hasn't been playing men's football per se. Perhaps he's been at Arsenal in there under 23s. Um, but yeah, with Freddie's injury, I think it will be Smith Grigg up front. No disservice to Kyoto, but you know, I think it's uh, it's it's time to see Smith and Grigg up front just just, just to see how they do for me. If they do, mm. if they do, if they if they if they're paired together and they do awfully, then all right, fair enough. But if they do amazingly, then kick on with it. Um, for me personally, I would like to see Barlazer keep his place in midfield just so we can have that bit of distribution. And um, and, like, and like Will says, try and catch Bolton on the counter-attack a little bit. Um, and I, I don't really know about the back three. I mean, Wood could come back in. Um, but if they're playing with a three up front, might be a little bit more iffy with with Wood, but I, I don't know. I think Woody might be that anchor in defence, that proper leader that keeps people mm. together and keeps them organised. Um, and I think Reg might drop to the bench if that's the case. But other than that, same plan as Lincoln. I think just try and keep keep the ball, keep it on the floor. Don't play it too much in the air like we did against Fleetwoods. Um, and it should hopefully come good playing that way mm. hopefully yeah the midfield is where the talk is Mick really I think every, every, everywhere else almost picks itself for, for Saturday I think it almost picks itself uh, Danny's a bang on right Will Gregan Smith have got to start especially with Freddie potentially injured you assume Woody's going to come back in but that's an assumption the midfield well you could pick six midfielders six different midfielders for a midfield three mm-hmm. um Barlazer, for me, has got to start. I agree Danny. He's got to start from from, from Tuesday. Rathbone's got to start. I don't think Lindsay's done enough to get dropped. But then when Wiles came on, I thought Wiles were excellent. He, he almost scored. That would, have, that, that would have been an amazing goal. Yeah. Uh, Adolphin, when we've seen him, has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's so difficult to pick, pick him out. Yeah, it is. And, and it, it's, 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 it's a virtually impossible task. But, you, you, I mean, you almost answered the question... Uh, right at the beginning there, didn't you? You know, you cannot drop Dan Barlazer. You cannot. It's just, I'm sorry, but you can't. After that performance uh, on Tuesday night and the Tuesday before, I just don't, I just don't see how you could justify it, quite frankly. Um, he was my man of the match on Tuesday, Dan Barlazer. Yeah, I am. Sure. And, and I love that kind of player. You know, I, I, it, it sends me back to the likes of Steve Thompson from from a few years ago, you know, a player who's going to sit there, he's going to come looking for the ball and he's going to spray a pass onto a sixpence somewhere, you know, 50, 60 yards away. And he's going to do it time and time and time and time again. And the thing that's improved with Dan Barley's of this season is, is he's able to get himself out of trouble as well. You know, mm. he seems to be doing that more and more and more effectively than I've seen him do before. You know, where he'll just drop his shoulder and go around a player or, or whatever instead of going backwards. So, so I think he's improved, and I don't think you can drop him. I don't think you can drop Rathbone because of his energy, and 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 he's just he's just the way he breaks up play 
um, is, is a sight to behold, to be honest. You know, he comes away from a challenge with a ball that you would never expect him to win the ball in. And he does that time and again. So I don't think you can drop him. And Jamie Lindsay, what has he done to be dropped? You're right. I don't change it for me. Hmm. The way of saying. Ah, the midfield yeah. dilemma. <laughs> yeah, again, if you want to, if you want to, if you want more on that, go on to Tor Volley View. Will's done, a, done an article on that with all stats based in, uh, article. So have a gander over there as well for that, which is uh, which is really good. Um, Ref Watch is back now. <laughs> Well, what I will say is when I when I checked RefWatch for Tuesday, the RefWatch I gave was not actually the ref that game on the AFL website for some reason. I don't know why. So this may change. But Saturday's referee is James Bell. Now, he has never refereed the night before. Um, the reason I laughed is because I, I Googled him. When you do this, you Google to find out stats. Uh, the only article I could find about him was that Ryan Lowe mentioned last season um, that... James Bell told Ryan Lowe that he was a massive fan of his when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, and he used to sing it. He used to sing Ryan Lowe's name while um, while he played for Sheffield Wednesday. I, I don't have any more comments than that, really. <laughs> <laughs> just say I'm just giving facts out. So I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, that's a new uh, new conspiracy thread for the RUFC, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is the bad place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the, in the same in the same breath, Ryan Lowe did say he's a very good referee. He does expect him to see him referee in the Premier League, so that's a good sign. Yeah, um, well, Stuart Atwell's refereeing in Premier League. So just leave that there. Okay. Yeah. Championship. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, I just thought I'd put it out there. Yeah, like he's never refed us before, but this is the first time for everything. Um, so yeah, that is just about everything I've got on my list. Is there anything else that anybody's any other topics I've missed off that you think we do need do need to cover for well Tuesday or Saturday, really? No, not Good. for me. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, nailed it with time to spare tonight. That's that's what we like to do. There's no Ben to argue with. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I can play that. Um, <laughs> just, just, just tell me that somebody's injured because they, you know, train the knee lot hard enough or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, leave him alone. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> oh, I thought we answered so Danny. Um, we can't play the clip, but Danny has been in the press conference. Uh, Paul wants press conference today for well, Thursday. We speak Thursday. Um, what are the highlights from Paul Warren? Um, yeah, so um, unfortunately we can't play the clip because we don't have permission. Um, but you can listen to his interview with Rob Statton on Radio Sheffield on their Football Heaven. That's like the, the main chunk of it. Um, but with my bit, I uh, I asked him, <clears throat> first of all, about Victor Johansson and Kieran Sadley's birthday party <laughs> and what happened at the ground. Um, and yeah, Sadley brought in a cake on Thursday for everybody. Um, they tell you what it, kind of cake because it's always it, interesting. It didn't, it didn't, unfortunately, but apparently it was uh, quite a nice one and everyone got like a nice piece. Um, but on Friday, when this is going out, Victor's missus is baking a cake. Um, now, one said he doesn't know if they've got like <clears throat> traditional baking in Swedish culture, um, so it might end up <laughs> sort of being some sort of fish dish, potentially <laughs> a, some sort of jelly cake. cake. Yeah, a fish cake. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so that should be an interesting Friday. Um, and apparently, uh, Richie Barker is going to be guinea pig to test that. <laughs> um, then I asked him about the away following. Um, and yeah, he basically said that because it's going to be the biggest one of the season, it's going to be something special, especially if you've got nearly uh, one and a half thousand people chanting your name and if we're playing well. Uh, but also it all encourages to um, step it up a gear if, we, if we're lacking a little bit. So he says, having in a way following that big in League One when it's probably one of our crunch seasons in terms of the teams that will end up being around us, it's nothing but positive, really, both for the development of the team and for the encouragement. Um, and then I had to squeeze this one in. I had to ask him about the midfield dilemma. Now, me, Matt and Mick have been scratching our heads nearly every week on the podcast about who's going to be in the midfield three. Uh, and it's quite good to know that that's also Paul Warren as well. Uh, <laughs> he said that he always tries and picks the best three in the midfield, but he's got a lot more to consider than we do just from watching mm. the previous game. He's got injuries to take into account from training. He's got training itself. Um, but yeah, he said he always tries and picks the best team that ends in arguments with the coaching staff. <laughs> um, and sometimes he does have to go out and take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, he did say that no matter what circumstance, he always tries and picks the best three in midfield and the three that he thinks is going to win us the game, whether it's the slightly deeper sitting midfield option or the slightly more advanced attacking option. Um so, so, yeah, that's all Paul wanted to say to me. Uh, it was a really, really good opportunity. And all I can say is thank you to Sam Todd for sorting it out and uh, giving me the opportunity to ask our manager questions along with the journalists that were in there as well. So, Sam, if you're listening or watching, thank you very much. Fantastic. Uh, while you're doing that, I Googled some traditional Swedish desserts. Um, oh, really? They're not fish-based. This one, oh, it's, it's called, I think, a cladkaka. Um, and it's like a sticky toffee pudding type chocolate thing. Oh, look at oh, that. Oh, I'm all about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Victor, mate, so. if you're watching, get your missus to cook that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and send it over to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, listen. If, if my on. boss is watching, I'm lobbying a sickie for tomorrow. I'm off down to Roundwood. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity, what, what sort of cake do you think Kieran Sadlier would fetch? Do you reckon he'd make his own or do you reckon he'd like buy an M&S cake? He looks like the sort of guy that eats from M&S. He's M&S yeah. all the way. All the way. Yeah, Kieran Sadlier is definitely, a, definitely a, buyer, a buyer cake kind of guy. He doesn't strike me as being a baker at all. Like, we're yeah, not going to see him on Bake Off, are we? Tell you what, though, the victorious MMS is exceptional, though. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, just another one for uh, if you follow the IOC on Twitter, you will see that uh, the grey kit is cursed. Um, as far as I can tell, we will be wearing the grey kit on Saturday. Our white, the white part of our top will clash with Bolton, and we have black shorts and black socks. And Bolton have black shorts, black socks. So, so, so we're going to wear a light grey kit that. Is almost white. What what about red and black? Uh, not red and black. We, um, black and black and red shorts potentially. We could do that. Yeah, you, you're very right. All three kits do somehow clash with Bolton's kit some for some reason. Um, so it may not be grey. We'll see. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. 
Um, yeah, there we go. Thank you all for watching and listening. If you're on YouTube, click the subscribe button, give us a thumbs up. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're on iTunes, again, subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you can as well. We would very, very much appreciate that. We will be back on Monday morning, which will be a review. There's no midweek game next week. Get a week off. Uh, so you'll get a review of the Bolton game, which will hopefully be three points uh, in the bag. Another way. We haven't lost away from home this season in the league. Yes, we have. Ignore that. That was wrong. <laughs> Ignore that. Even after injury time, it don't count. Uh, it's one beating. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you all for watching. Thank you, Will. It's been fantastic to have you on, mate. We'll definitely have him again if you'll come back. Thanks, gents. Um, I do, yeah. Oh, and also get out to all of you and get on it, get on his page because it is really, really good. If you like anything stats based, you will you will really, really like it, like uh, like we have so far. So get on there. Um, Danny, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed. I think we will try and get the clip of Danny's talking to Warney out as, as soon as soon as we get the, the go ahead from the club, we will release it. Probably I'll probably on YouTube channel or something like that so everybody mm. can see it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope, hope we get to see you in, in a few more in future as well, mate. Yeah, hopefully. I mean. It's, it's brilliant because it's great experience for me at university. Mm. So the more I get under my belt, it'll help me out quite a lot and uh, help me understand <clears throat> the club a bit more as well. You know, mm. because we, we we see one side of the club and there's a whole different side that we don't see. Uh, and yeah, it's it's um it's like peeking behind the curtain, but like in a polite sense, where like you're just poking through to see what's happening. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it, it it's great, honestly. Um, so yeah, hopefully there are a couple more in future if I, if there's room on the rotor for me. Mm. Yeah, and like I said, thanks to the club. The club has helped out with a couple of things. We, we do appreciate everything they do for us because they don't have to because we're just some idiots. Um, Mick, <laughs> you're oh, the yeah. chief of us. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that all one sentence there? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you didn't put a full stop in between that, did you? We're just <laughs> a lot of idiots, back. Mick. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, no, fingers, yeah. Fingers crossed. Sam Todd just copies and pastes the, uh, you know, the the, the, the um, recipient list for, for next week's <laughs> next week's press conference. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Sam. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, thank you all very much, and we'll see you all on Monday morning. Thank you very much.